You know, Sean, I don't care what you say about him, but Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> I'll let you have that. This is Movie Geek and Proud. <laughs> How's it going, Sean? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, we are reviewing The Blues Brothers today. Oh, was I supposed to watch it? <laughs> you didn't watch it? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just watched the film oh. right before we press record, and uh, this is our first time watching the movie. It is. Yeah. Do you feel ashamed that we have not seen it? Not really, because I don't feel like people talk about it that much. Really? Yeah. I hear about it every now and then, but it is one of those movies that I think everyone has seen. I have a confession. What? I didn't know anything about it other than the brothers, and I wasn't excited to watch it. Really? Yeah. But we chose this uh, movie for this episode due to um, the passing of Aretha Franklin. Right. And uh, I thought it would be nice to finally watch this movie and, and see her in it and singing and, and just kind of doing her thing. And yeah, and in the process, watch a movie that I hadn't seen. So. And Rob's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Sean, you really didn't know much about this. I had to remind you uh, during the church saying that people, while they do get the Holy Ghost, it is not that exaggerated. This is a musical you're watching, which is why everybody's dancing. <laughs> right, which makes sense now from when I was a kid, because I remember at Universal Studios, they had the Blues Brothers Review, where they did a bunch of musical numbers. Mm -hmm. I'd never seen it, but... It makes sense that it's a musical yeah um i knew it was a musical and i had actually seen um Bruce, blues brothers 2000 in the theaters because obviously how i grew up that movie was in theaters while this one i wasn't even born yet so um the blues brothers was um released on june 20th 1980 uh director is john landis writers john landis and dan Aykroyd. Uh, it stars John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and Cab Calloway, along with a long list of people. I'll just say that right now. Right. This cast list was insane. Um, budget, Woody. Okay, Sean, <laughs> we just watched this ridiculous movie with everything in it. I mean, I, I couldn't believe some of the stuff they got away with, especially on City. Like, none of this was on a state, like a soundstage or anything. Like, this is on location. How much do you think this movie was budgeted? Let's see. It was made in 1980, so I'm going to say $30 Very close. 27 Oh! 27 Uh Opening weekend, it was just $4 million. Um, uh, It was limited release. Uh, well, $4.8, I should say. $4.8 million. Uh, it didn't really do that well. A lot of people sort of rejected it especially um theaters who was like nobody's gonna come here to see this black movie quote unquote. really yes because of the whole jazz thing and you know blues wow. and all that stuff this apparently was considered a black movie okay yeah so um but that didn't stop them from going well that's the other thing too it's like they assume why people wouldn't watch it Mm -hmm. And uh, proves them right because um, worldwide gross was 115 million plus. Dang. So yeah, screw you. Yep. <laughs> Wait, don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, what did you think of the Blues Brothers? So I'm not gonna answer you because I'm interested. What do you think? I thought. <laughs> I think that you thought it was I. <laughs> As you always do. Rob, nobody says that. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that you think that, but I actually really liked it. Cool. I liked it for a few reasons. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, actually. Um, but I also, for the reason you just pointed out, that I feel like this movie could have been made today and still fit into the way we think of movies today for the fact that there were strong woman characters, there were... Um, a great representation of black people, mm -hmm. which, I mean, I applaud Dan Aykroyd for writing this movie 
for doing that for the black community yeah. in that day. Mm -hmm. So I just really enjoyed it for multiple reasons. That's cool. I, um, I noticed um, while reading about this movie that uh, they started out as just a fun little skit on SNL. And I think that Dan Aykroyd actually put this band together and performed it as a musical guest. I don't know if it was oh. like a parody. I mean, I think they were legit. And Dan Aykroyd created this Elwood, Elwood character as a legit character. And um, it just took off on SNL. Hmm. And they actually went on legitimate world tours and performed for everyone. Um, this reminds me, do you remember MTV's original movie, Together?, Yes, <laughs> you, plus sign, e me, equal sign, us. <laughs> <laughs> the calculus song, exactly. That movie was completely fabricated. It was a pseudo boy band that was put together and they made a movie just to mock boy bands at the time. But the movie was so popular, the band, the actual members right. of the band actually got together and went on tour. And I think they had like three or four CDs come out. Yes, well, I, I bought two of them. I don't know if they came out with a third, <laughs> but I bought the first two CDs and they had a TV series that lasted yes. one season. Unfortunately, during that time, one of the members died. Yeah, because the one really had cancer, right? Or, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, this movie reminded me of something like that, how this music group was put together and then it just took off and then all of a sudden movies and stuff was just made. I actually like this movie a lot as well. I thought this movie was a lot of fun. Um I love the music and I love the shenanigans and I love the silliness of it. And um, obviously I noticed a lot of scenes that were parodied on other things like Family Guy with the whole mall scene, mm -hmm. the song and everything that happened to it with the car flipping over. All of that was in there. That that was hilarious. And then I think it was um, Muppets Most Wanted that ends with the whole prison band just like in this okay do you think that's where some of those members are like from do you think it's from like the blues brother do you think they're like mimicked off something else i want to say a lot of it was mimicked off blues brothers because it is such a popular movie yeah well from just from the beginning it, it was clear that before this movie was made that these people were known out into the world because they do that whole like let me hide your face and give you that big reveal right you know just like anticipating their 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 appearance and so i love the fact that james james belushi john belushi like went through that whole entire prison and they didn't show his face once <laughs> until he's like outside and the gates open and it's that big ray of light in the back of him as he's like walking yep. out and then elwood comes in so i mean like it's clear that they were like super popular uh, right away. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because quick tangent, I've been reading the Spider-Man comics from 1963 on, and just this last Friday, I got to October of 1978 when the Blues Brothers formed. Yeah. And in Marvel team up from October 1978, Peter Parker and Mary Jane go to a Saturday Night Live <laughs> taping where John Belushi gets a mystery ring in the mail and he puts it on and he can't take it off. And the Silver Samurai comes to take the ring back. And all of uh, Saturday Night Live, they dress up as the Avengers <laughs> to draw the bad guys away like into different corners for Spider-Man to defeat them. <laughs> so I thought it was funny because it's John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I, I wish I could see. So that was a comic. It was in a comic. Yeah. Okay. They guest starred in a comic. That is too funny. <laughs> um, so why don't I uh, go through the plot of this? So Jake Blues just got out from prison and puts together his old band to save the Catholic home where he and his brother Elwood were raised. So that scene when they go and see the <laughs> nun was hilarious. And it was Kathleen Freeman, who is, for me, mostly known from Hocus Pocus. And they were hanged! <laughs> <laughs> and Gremlins 2 as the the cooking Julia Child chef-like person. Do you remember her? She just kept oh, yelling through the whole thing. Right. Yeah. 
So that's where I remember her from. But she plays the nun uh, on here. And like every time they said the Lord's <laughs> name in vain, she would take a ruler to their face. And then that last part when they're leaving and she like floats up and, <laughs> and flies just goes backwards. Back, yeah. And then the that, door shuts by itself. See, and the movie is a little serious up to that. And I was like, oh, this is what I'm expecting. Floating nuns. That's that's the thing about it is like I knew it was a musical, but I didn't know they were going to do like this big, heavy, like slapstick comedy because the second one was like that a lot. But I thought that they had changed it oh, okay. from the tone of the first one. The first one to me just felt so serious just from the posters and and just people talking about it and their demeanor and everything. I didn't think it was going to be this silly. So I was really happy when I was like, oh, my God, they're doing the exact same thing they did in the sequel. So, but yeah, that nun scene was hilarious. <laughs> and then we come to Carrie Fisher for no reason. Right. Sitting in a car. She doesn't say a word. And then she breaks out a bazooka and tries to kill them. Well, remember the lead up? I was like, oh, I think that's Carrie. Oh, she's so pretty. Oh, she has a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> May I just say, Carrie Fisher was so hot in this movie. Right. She was gorgeous. And I will even put money down that she was more beautiful than her job of the bitch. I think so, too, actually. Really? Because everybody just fantasized about her and that bikini thing and all that. I thought she was so damn hot in this movie. And you know what? This came out the same year as Empire. Oh, it did? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was definitely using her, her wiles then. But I really liked her in this movie. Yeah. Now, see, take that look and just imagine if she was Miss Scarlet. Stop it. Because that's who originally was supposed to do it. Really? Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, Carrie Fisher was cast, but of course she was going through her drug problems, so she couldn't do it, and they got Leslie Ann Warren, which I am so happy they did. Leslie Ann Warren is the tits, but I'm just saying, like, that right there was Miss Scarlet. And I can see why they would go from Carrie to Leslie because I think they're both so funny but in a grounded way. Yes, definitely. And that's the other thing about this movie too is that even though it was a musical, it it wasn't a cheesy musical. It wasn't something to me that you would... I mean, yes, you would see something like this on stage but it wasn't this like Disney Channel happy faces and like cheerful <laughs> like going into every song. I mean, everything that they were doing as far as dancing and the singing felt very authentic Mm -hmm. and also grounded too. I don't know why it just didn't get that whole like vibrant musical number that you would get from other movies. It seemed like this is what would happen if music was playing on at a block party and then people just started dancing. Or if a dancing demon came and cursed the whole town to have to sing and dance. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so what were uh, some of your favorite like scenes in the movie? If you can pinpoint some of them right off the um, bat. Right off the bat, I'd say any scene with Carrie Fisher. She she's was gorgeous. Just, she just like we just catch her just looking through books at flamethrowers and she <laughs> <laughs> taking out guns and she blew up a building. Right. I don't know if anybody was in there that died, but I was like, when did you have time to set this up? And she's just casually pulling out her remote. I had no idea what that well, was. Well, and I love the way the brothers, I guess, didn't react to it. Like, she shot a bazooka and they just get up and walk in. It's and like, we got to go to work. Yeah. We got to get on, get our van. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? And you know what's funny is um, I shared with you, but I didn't recognize Aretha. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I haven't followed her career. I've only seen her at the end of the career when she's a little older, a little bigger. But she's a very gorgeous woman in this, too. She is. Yeah. Um, I had seen, you know, photos and stuff, but I had never seen the actual scene of this movie Um, uh, scene, you know, in the movie. And um, yeah, I, w- I was so happy to see that. I thought mm-hmm. she did so great. They didn't have her do these like heavy dance routines or anything like that. But like. Dude was actually rude to her. I was yeah. like, yeah, okay, this song is definitely justified. <laughs> See, and she was um, who I was thinking of, too, when I said strong females. Her and Carrie Fisher, I felt, were just so in charge of themselves. Yeah. You know, they're it's, not the damsel in distress. They own the scenes that they were in, for sure, mm-hmm. even though this is a very male-oriented movie. I it think. is. Yeah. But yeah, hearing her sing in that whole scene was just so great. Um. So one thing about Carrie Fisher. So... um. 
she actually went on record to say uh, Dan Aykroyd saved her life wow. during the filming. So this is what happened. I almost choked on some kind of vegetable and uh, that I shouldn't have been eating, like a Brussels sprout or something. And then uh, he saves my life. And then he asked me to marry him. And I thought, wow, what if that happens again? like choking and then so he she was like i should probably marry him so they actually got engaged really yes but um the couple split up before they could make it to the wedding so it was very but yeah apparently he saves her life and then bam you want to marry me and she said yes you know the other actor that she got in trouble with did you hear about it no harrison ford oh really she wrote in her book and she sent it to harrison before she passed but she wrote in her book that her and him were messing around as Han and Leia. And she was very young, and he was not as young, and he was married. <laughs> uh, oh. oh. <laughs> okay, I would have never guessed that. Well, you see what she looks like, so of course these older actors are going to yes. pounce on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about this $27 million budget that they had. Let me just tell you some of the things that this money went to. So all the car stunts that you saw in the film, that was that all of that, they went over 10 million over budget just for all those car stunts that you saw 10 million over budget. Do you think that it was worth it based on what you saw? I think so. Those were some funny scenes. Yes. And just crazy. And, and, I, the fact of the pileup, I don't get it, but it, it paid off. I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> um, some other thing was um, the crew, they wrecked more than 100 cars while filming this movie. There were 40 stunt drivers, 60 retired cop cars used to pull off all the stunts. And then some of the stunts included dropping a car off of a ramp and driving up to uh, 118 miles per hour on city streets. Like, people actually thought that um, they were, those were authentic car chases that was going on when you would see them drive through the city. And you pointed out something. You said that you kind of recognized some of the bridge scenes. Oh, do you yeah. think? Do you think that, yeah, what movies did you say? Well, and I can't tell if that's just a common setup in Chicago or in that area, but the way it goes underground right there, it totally reminded me of The Dark Knight when the Joker um, sets up his whole attack and leads the cops underground. Yeah. And then also of Civil War when Black Panther does his whole chase yeah. In that underground part, too. Yeah. Now, this was in Chicago? Chicago, yeah. So, was Civil War in Chicago? I don't remember. I think it was, though. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. But, yeah, no, I mean, the the when you said it, the landscapes definitely seemed familiar once you said mm-hmm. it. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that was true. Um, but then, okay, so then there's the mall scene, right? So, it's the Dixie Mall in Harvey, Illinois. Uh, they basically rented out the mall, and it was empty when the crew rented it, and they had to build 32 full-size stores to make the building look realistic. So all that they were driving through was completely built from ground up. That's crazy that they only spent $27 million, and you're telling me they bought a, they rented a mall, built stores, wrecked cop cars, That's why you know, all this stuff. I expected you to say more than $27 million, actually, or more than 30 but I, yeah, I would have went like 50 or like even more. But, but I guess when you think about it in the mall, like the main thing they were, they were destroying was glass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. So um, what did you think of the characters? I thought the characters were fun. I thought um, they didn't tell us much about the brothers, but I felt like it added to their mystique you know that's not the right word their intrigue (laughs) i was thinking of x-men yeah because you don't really know about them and you see them just get up from the bazooka like we were talking about and you think wow what is their daily life like (laughs) and you slowly get to see you know the shenanigans they pull like with the nazis and with the other band and it was fun yeah um i did like the two leads uh i don't remember john belushi that well i didn't watch snl way back when 
and we keep talking about movies that we haven't seen, right? And every time we do, I end up just putting my foot back in my mouth by saying another movie that I haven't seen, oh, just shit. digging my hole. I've never seen Animal House. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what John Belushi is most famous for. So I didn't really know his career, and I found it very refreshing to see him in this movie because all that I knew about him was that he was a drug addict. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how he was, like, on the set or doing SNL Live and, you know, did he have, like, a horrible attitude or whatever? Like, I had no idea. So it was really refreshing to really see him act and just have fun, especially during the church scene when he's like, oh, my God, I see the light. <laughs> and he's flipping around and stuff. And he, he really looked like he was having a great time. Yeah. And the more I see of Dan Aykroyd, the more I can respect him as a comedian and actor. He's just so fun to watch. You know, it's funny. You know, everybody wanted this Ghostbusters 3 to come out and that Dan Aykroyd was writing it and they're like, you can't do it without, you know, Ramus. And Dan Aykroyd can write. Like, I love Nothing But Trouble so much. And he wrote and directed that. And, like, the man knows how to write. I, I just think mm -hmm. he's fun. And he is a very fun actor. He's willing to, like, go there and take risks and just do shit you wouldn't even think of doing in movies. So, yeah, I totally agree. Speaking of Dan Aykroyd movies, can I share my revelation with the listeners? Okay. They used the same song in the Blues Brothers, the same background music, as the music they use in The Great Outdoors, another Dan Aykroyd film. Yes. When the raccoons come, it's to that same music soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that was planned. It seemed like it was. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, no, the characters were cool. I like the band. They all obviously are known, you know, musicians. I thought the music was great. Um, yeah, they didn't really have like love interest in this movie and it's it kind of seemed like spice world in a little bit yeah you know they all like ended up at the big show at the end and you know raising money and whatnot but um it was like spice world with like a mix of like rat race it just seemed like this just giant cross-country race from you know <laughs> to the finish line or whatever but um yeah I, I thought the characters were cool i thought it was really great getting to see ray charles on film he's oh, a really funny man <laughs> <laughs> no i do like this scene and um yeah let's talk about like some of these cameos that popped up in the movie including the mystery one that you won't let me look at <laughs> <laughs> um well because i kept mentioning him and then like well okay we'll get to it we'll get to it so we notice carrie fisher off the bat um john candy which yes. i thought was a treat i miss him mm -hmm. um paul rubens pee yes. herman did you notice him right away uh yes i did notice it was him i think you might have said it right before i realized it was him you're mm -hmm. like oh who's that and I was yeah like, oh yeah yeah he just had this straight laced face on. i thought he was going to go into his character or anything but as you told me he didn't do Wee herman before this right this was I think just a year or two before Pee-wee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and then Ray Charles, of course, who I thought was funny because he's blind, but he notices some kid trying <laughs> to steal a guitar and he almost shot him. But yeah, that was funny. Um, but yeah, uh, Frank Oz popped in. Who I didn't notice until the credits. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. Um, Shaka Khan. And so here's the thing. During that church scene, they kept putting the camera on her. She was the she was the one with the long, like sort of bushy hair mm -hmm. and she was, you know, singing, dancing, you know, with the church robe on the choir robe. And I was like, I I bet you I'm supposed to know who that is. And <laughs> then I was reading, I was like, that was Shaka Khan. Had no idea. No idea. Um and then who else? John Landis. So the director made a cameo in his own movie, uh, during the mall chase scene. He was in the car that flipped over. Uh, so he was there. I I wouldn't have known what he looked like back then. I only see him with facial hair. I don't know if he had facial hair in this one, but I think he did. Did he? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I wouldn't have noticed. And then um, at the end of the movie with the tax assessor guy, did you recognize who that was? I didn't, and you kept telling me to pay attention to him, and I couldn't tell. So he he looks kind of like heavy set in this movie, which again still kind of no, that wasn't him. Never mind. No, I'm thinking of somebody else. No, that guy 
Steven Spielberg. What? That was Steven. I could hear it in his voice that that was him. I see it now. But I didn't figure it out. I read about it because okay. I was like looking through the cast and like making wow. my notes. And then I saw that that was him. So that's why I kept asking you, did they show the tax of, you know, accessory yet? Because <laughs> I didn't see Steven Spielberg yet. I don't think I've ever seen him without the beard. I know. Right. So that's why I was like, did you see him? And then when the credits rolled up, you didn't say his name or you didn't see his name, did you? No, I was really actually paying attention because they're showing them in order. I was like, oh, I'm just going to tune back in at the end. But then they showed other people. And then you're so like, missed oh, I it. missed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't recognize him. So, yeah, I could But they, yeah, they pretty much had everybody in this movie. I was a good boy. I did what you said and I didn't look it up. <laughs> Can I have my cookie now? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um. Uh, so what did you think about the songs? The songs were fun. Yeah. And I thought they were, um, they had a lot of talent behind them. You know, getting to see Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin, that's pretty awesome. So the cook that was in her restaurant, the saxophone player, he was my favorite. Was he? Yeah. He was just this silent, like, renaissance, like, you know, prodigy player. He just kept coming in and it looked like he didn't really, like, speak or anything. But when he... It was time for him to play that saxophone. He like he hooked it up. It. I yeah, I really like him. I thought he was cool. I liked it when she was like, "Yeah, you can go too." <laughs> oh yeah, well get on then. Just go, just go. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> he he looked at her. He's like, "I want to go." I know. <laughs> yeah, that was too funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed like how the movie progressed. They were just having fun, and you know, there wasn't like a huge big like showdown or anything i mean that whole i mean they managed to make a ton of enemies throughout the movie and so they had this one giant big like car chase of everybody chasing them for some reason nazis cops was it like the mob basically (laughs) yeah they had the army towards the end and they just managed to live through okay so were you okay with the movie just completely just going off the laws of gravity and just basically oh, doing I whatever that. they wanted? Well, first off, you mentioned the army. <laughs> I, I was dying when every step they were taking, they were making that noise. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then the guys were rappelling down the side of the building. Ha, <laughs> ha. <laughs> yeah, they did the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know it made me think of South Park every time right. they like like sort of marching or whatever. Um, so in the cast list, this is according to IMDb. Check this out. So there was um, a lot of uncredited roles in here. Some of the ones that stood out to me is: Do you remember when Ray Charles is singing his song and everybody's dancing in front of his music shop? Mm-hmm. James Avery, aka Uncle Philip, was apparently a part of that group dancing. Uncle Philip. Uncle Phil. From Fresh, for, um, from Fresh oh, Prince. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't even notice him. No, I, I kind of want to look back, too, and see if I can spot him. But um, let's see. I think there was one other person. Oh, yeah. Apparently, guy on the street, Mr. T, suddenly showed up in this movie somewhere, wow. too. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see him. I Yeah, I totally missed him on that one. Um, I don't really recognize um, any of the other names, but yeah, those are the two that kind of stood out to me. So I thought that was that was pretty funny. I did love that last car scene where you mentioned defying laws of gravity. That was hysterical. I've never seen a car do a backflip, but now I've seen it. Um, even though this movie obviously did whatever they want, I still needed some kind of like rules of understanding how gravity works and they go on the bridge that's completely broke they do a like a u-turn or not even a u-turn they just put their car in reverse yeah and then they go back and then all of a sudden the car flips and does like (laughs) like four or five flips and then also rotates to face the other's like the other direction to be able to drive and then anytime there was like a pothole they would just hop Yep. <laughs> and just jump over whatever they needed to. Well, and I thought that was so funny watching the Nazi guy's car fall and you're just sitting there waiting for like it to splat everywhere, but that it falls bridge through. Was so high. They right. fell from like heaven. Right. That was insane. <laughs> but that made me laugh so hard. That was like one of my favorite parts was just them just doing a flip. 
And also, throughout all of these car chases, every time they put the camera behind some, like on somebody behind the wheel, they were just commonly just driving. Yep. There was no like ranting, you know, driving or whatever, <laughs> swerving. They were just na da da, just and just hanging out until they caught them. <laughs> um. So another thing that happened on set, John Landis admitted that he actually had a budget for cocaine for the movie actors that they would use during the film when they would shoot at night. Wow. Sean, Sean's mouth is just dropped yeah. right now. I couldn't believe it when I read it either. So this is what it said. Belushi used the most out of all of them because James Brown was a user um, I'm sure maybe Carrie Fisher probably did too a little oh, yeah. bit, but at one point they had to flush a pile of coke to keep Belushi from using it. Belushi was literally being handed um, vials of drugs on the streets of Chicago by his fans, and there was a point when Belushi actually wandered into a home that was near the set, and then he just crashed there. And when Aykroyd went to go get him, the homeowner said, oh, you mean Belushi? He came in an hour ago and raided my fridge. He's asleep on the couch. They were just that calm about it. They were it. just caught that calm about it. Did it say anything about Aykroyd and drugs? Because it's going to no. break my heart. No, I didn't read anything like that. Okay. But did it seem like Belushi was high at any point no. in the film? Like, that, I wonder what it was like to work with him. And That like, explains he, a lot, though, about him being the way he is, though, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I thought that was funny or not funny, but just interesting. Like, I, I can't believe Landis would like actually like, OK, we're just going to put this much on drugs so they can all like be OK. I didn't know drugs are so lighthearted to you. <laughs> Should we watch Sid and Nancy and get the real out of it? Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, so um, we did get some comments on Twitter about the movie. So I want to read a couple uh, from one movie punch. uh this film was the first time I heard Aretha Franklin in full stereo. Before that, I had only heard her on AM radio when running errands with my mother, which was missing a lot of her range. I was totally blown away and became a soul fan that exact moment. R.I.P. Aretha Franklin. Aww. Yeah, and um, it sucks that we lost her, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, she, you know, was a diva in her own right, and yeah, I thought she was a, a cool lady. But at least she lived a full life. We didn't lose her prematurely. We didn't lose her to, I feel like a lot of magicians go from drugs, alcohol, or suicide, so at least it wasn't something like that. Yeah, no, that's totally true. Um, Movie Mayhem podcast said, that's cinematography. And then he has a gif of Seth Meyers going, you know. <laughs> And yeah, the cinematography was amazing. I did notice one of the scenes that popped out is the um, the band was standing outside the little country bar. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was funny because he was standing there talking, have a serious uh, conversation. And there's a neon hat in the background, like moving back and forth. And they framed it to where it looked like it was off his head. And I just oh, thought nice. it was so fun. Oh, no, I didn't catch that. Man Brain Podcast said, shit, what rollers? No, yeah, shit. Apparently that's a <laughs> line in the movie. <laughs> I think I remember, but I don't remember what party was on. But they said, brother and I repeated that over and over when we were kids. Also was our first introduction to the all amazing musical artists. Watched it again when Carrie Fisher died. And in my honest opinion, still 100% holds up. Dan Aykroyd comedic delivery is perfect. I 100% agree with this comment. Me too. Um, the movie, I think, definitely holds up. I mean, yes, it was done in the 80s, but I think the only thing 80s about it was the cinematography mm -hmm. and the vehicles that they were driving. But you can pull all of this shit right now and it will still come off as funny. Yep. Yeah. There was nothing like, oh, they only did that in the 80s and blah, blah, blah. Like... No, nothing like that. I mean, you can do all of this stuff right now. So, yes, I, I definitely agree with that. IMDB Journey podcast, they actually gave us a question. Hmm. What are your top three favorite SNL character movies? 
And then he listed his, which is number one, Blues Brothers, number two, Wayne's World, number three, Coneheads. Nice. All right. So, Sean, what is your top three SNL? I actually had trouble with my number three. I really was going between two of them. Mm -hmm. It was going to be either Coneheads or Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I went with Blues Brothers. Okay. Because of the historical value in it. Yeah. So, um, my number two, we used to watch this a lot when I was younger, Superstar. (laughs) (laughs) And my number one, I used to watch like crazy and actually I really wanted to own it. So I bought it for my dad for his birthday Mm -hmm. and he was like, I don't want this. I never have get movies. Like I don't watch them. So I went and opened it when he wasn't in the room so we could keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. It was Wayne's world. Okay. (laughs) Clever. Um, and then, uh, so I chose Coneheads for my third, um, Wayne's World is number two. And as much as I love Blues Brothers, this is definitely up there as like some of my top musicals. But if you guys have been keeping up with this show, you know, I am a weird son of a bitch when it comes to taste. And so my number one movie is Night in Roxbury. Mm. I love a Night in Roxbury (laughs) so much. It is so funny seeing those two together um and then uh we had one more comment from the lazy geeks who said one of my all-time favorite movies so yeah i mean this movie is definitely very popular and um yeah i'm I'm glad that we decided to watch this um so should we rate it let's rate it okay what should we rate the blues brothers let's rate it backwards car flips (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that scene was just insane (laughs) car just flips like a hot wheel (laughs) okay sean how many back what did you say back back backward car flips what did you say backwards car flips (laughs) okay how many of those do you give the blues brothers i'm gonna give it four backwards car flips all right uh i am gonna give it four and a half Wow. Yeah. The only thing I will say that um, I wouldn't, because it didn't get a perfect score, I wasn't completely focused on the movie. Like, I, you know, was able to, like, you know, do other things and, like, read, you know, up on the movie and kind of check my phone a little bit. So it didn't have me completely glued to the screen. So other than that, wildly entertaining. And um, it, it was a very nice musical, had great songs. But, yeah, four and a half. Mm-hmm. Four and a half. Okay, so uh, we should do our joint rankings right now before we get to question of the week. Let's do it. Okay, so Sean and I t- decided to do uh, joint rankings uh, of uh, our favorite duos in movies. Uh, we thought it'd be fun to do a joint ranking this time since we haven't done it. So we're just going to do top six, which gives us three each. And... Um, you might as well just pull out your die. I'm doing that right okay, now. Okay, yeah, just just pull out the die, and we'll see who goes first. Starting from number six, I'll say or he'll say a, uh, a famous duo, and then um, basically we'll just take turns until we get up to number one. So we'll have a combined rank of our top six duos. Now this could backfire because I may have um, the same duo on my list, but in a different spot. So therefore, I may have to change my order and vice versa. So we'll see how this works out. All right, I'm gonna roll for you first. Okay, I'm gonna put this where you can see it. Thank you. Don't you. Trust no, me. I don't. Oh my god. Okay, go. Rob got a two, ladies and gentlemen. Sean got a three. <laughs> All right, so Sean here, we'll put it this way. Do you want to go first with even numbers or do you want to go second with odd ending with the top number one? I want to end with number one. Okay, all right, so I will go first. And I wrote down a ton, so I don't even know how I'm supposed to even do famous duos because I we did it by character, right? And not by like actors who work together all the time. Right, we did it by characters. I actually have nine, so I wrote down a lot too. Okay, okay. So... Hmm, I, at number six, am going to say Buzz and Woody. Okay. From Toy Story. 
I think their partnership, while they hated each other in the beginning, became two of the best teamwork buddies and and that I've seen on screen. So, Buzz and Woody. I'm gonna go with a classic partnership that I think needs to be honored. This is number five. This is number five. Okay. This is Batman and Robin. Ooh. But Adam West and Burt Ward, Batman and Robin. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes, they definitely do count. Mm-hmm. I appreciate their partnership than Batman and Robin or Batman Forever. Mm. Or do you do you like that partnership better? No, because that Robin just whines the whole time. He's fun to look at, but he whines the whole time. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So I wouldn't put them over Burt Ward and Adam West. Oh, I, right. Yeah, they, I, I'm glad that you chose them. Oh, okay, I okay. would prefer them more. Yeah. Okay. Um, number four. I am going to say, wow. I'm going to say Lloyd and Harry. Oh, no. Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Was that on your list? No, no. Oh, okay. Why'd you say, oh, no? (laughs) Because now they're on our list. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, but they're a good one. I don't hate that movie. I like that movie. They weren't on your list, were they? No. I like those two together. I thought they made a great comedic team, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, so this is number three. Number three. I'm going to go. I'm not sure which one I want to pick. I know. it's. I, well, have, my, I have my number one. I so know my one character, two. but he has kind of a few different wingmen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Aladdin. And I'm going to go Genie. Aladdin, Genie. Okay, so you, I guess you had a choice between Aladdin, Aladdin and Abu or okay. Aladdin and Genie. Well, okay. I, I did not think of them. You did mention you put in some Disney stuff. I had on a lot here. of Disney you on here. A lot of Disney. I just feel like Aladdin and Genie are the perfect mix because Genie's never had a master like Aladdin who actually gives a shit, mm-hmm. and Aladdin's learning how to get what he wants without just getting what he wants. You know what I mean? He wishes to be a prince, but he realizes he needs to be himself. So the perfect pairing. Okay. Fair enough. Well, since I don't have the number one spot, I'm going to go with my number one as number two. Who does? No, sorry. <laughs> um, Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I mean, no explanation needed. We can just move on because they're just everything. Hi. Okay, well, wait. So let's oh. go. Let's go back. Who do we who do we have? So we had. Buzz and Woody. Buzz and Woody. And then Batman and Robin. And then Harry and Lloyd. Dumb and Dumber. Aladdin and Genie. Aladdin and Genie. What a list. (laughs) People are going to be so pissed we didn't pick some people. Okay. And then Jay and Silent Bob. And then number one in our joint ranking. Sean, do not disappoint me. Oh, I'm going to. I'm so excited right now. God. I chose a duo who have been together for the span of... Eight movies now, going on nine. R2-D2 and C-3PO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not mad at that. Okay. They they were on my top three. Really? So, yes, they were my top three. So, um, no, that's very good. I'm I'm happy with this list. They're just so fun together. R2-D2 is the shit. I love him. And 3PO is so fun. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this list. Who were some honorable mentions? Um, Rocket and Groot. I was actually going to go with them at first. That is a good duo. I wanted to honor Aladdin. Okay. No, fair enough. That's cool. And Short Round and Indy. Okay. And Bernard and Bianca. Oh, (laughs) okay. Um, I kind of ventured out of, out of like characters and kind of went with actors who do movies all the time together, like Vince Diller and Owen Wilson. Mm. They've done everything together. (laughs) Um, Cheech and Chong, um, Affleck and Damon mm-hmm. were some good ones. Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> um, James Franco and Seth Rogen. Yes. They're a really good duo. And of course, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. They're great together. They are super great together. And we can't forget the females, uh, Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, mm-hmm. the two who invented selfies, by the way. <laughs> And um, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Yes. They, yeah, they're just amazing. So, um, yeah, I went with, those were some, like, honorable mentions. What about Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin? The, uh, maybe couples. Okay, fine, but, you win. You know, yeah. 
All right, so just so we didn't get any kind of assistance um, with our joint rankings, we saved the question of the week for last. Too many questions. Too many questions. And um, the question is, who is your favorite on-screen movie duo? And um, we got some responses here and some surprises that I did not expect to hear. Um, so one, um, not so true crime podcast, they picked Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy. I actually really like that answer. Me too. And, um, they put in a gif where they're seen in interviews, just caressing each other. And he, no, he gave me two of them where one was doing it to the other. And I was like, how many times have they done this? I was like, this is such a cool friendship. I love it. But it I'd was watch like, that porn. Yeah, I, I totally would. Um, uh, let's see here. Wait, what about the other thing they said? What other thing? What did they say? Indiana Jones and hat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. My bad. I didn't read that part. So he was talking about his hat that he right. wears all the time. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. No, that definitely counts. Um uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, great one. I like that one. That was by um, the Fake Ass Radio Show. Uh, ooh, I love this. So one movie punch, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Now, if I had to pick any movie for you to watch, Sean, I don't know if you've watched any movies with them. Stir Crazy, hilarious. It is so it. funny. But they have been known to do a lot of great films together. Uh, another big one would be um, Hear No Evil, See No Evil. Okay. And these are two friends. Who, I can't remember the exact plot, but they're on the run or they have to deliver a package or something. But these are two best friends where one of them is blind and one of them is deaf and they have to work together. <laughs> and it is hilarious. But um, yes, yeah, Stir Crazy was was the chosen gift for that. Um, but yeah, that's a great duo. Um, two Girls on a Bench, um, Thelma and Louise. Uh, casual Sincast said uh, Samuel Jackson and John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. Um, two Girls on a Bench, they went all out. They provided a lot of answers. Uh, Bridesmaids with uh, Christian Wig and Maya Rudolph and also um, uh, Kermit and Fonzie Yay! from The Muppets. I thought that was awesome. Uh, let's see... Um, um, Alayani uh, Silvermiss, she picked one of my favorite duos ever, uh, Tango and Cash, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. Have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. You got to see it. Um, IMDb. This is their their answer. Great Scott. Lots of good answers. Too many to choose from. Ooh, this is heavy. And then they put a gift of Doc and... Now, Michael J. Fox. When they said Great Scott, were they being Doc Brown or Sean from Two Hours in the Future? I want to say it was Sean from Two Hours <laughs> in the Future. I think they were completely mimicking them. So, um, And then uh, Gordon Elliott, Mr. Underscore Gord Underscore E, said J um, and K from uh, the Men in Black movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. There were some other really good ones on here. Um, Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Um, we also had John Candy and Steve Martin from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, yeah. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. They did a couple movies together. Um, the in, in particular, the gift was uh, uh, from Twins. You saw Twins. Yes. Okay. Yeah, good movie. Oh, I see Bill and Ted on here. <laughs> yep. Bill and Ted. And then where's some other ones? Uh, yeah, Abed, Abed and Costello, which was, um, I like the fact that because they were right at the gas station in the Blues Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. And um, before they ran off to the tunnels, they, there was an Abbott and Costello like poster next to them. I th- to me, I think that was a nod because they kind of remind me of them in a yeah. way with their suit and tie and hats and stuff. So, um, but yeah, uh, we want to thank all of you for participating and answering our question of the week. We love getting your answers and reading them on the show. So thank you for that. All right, MG. So that wraps up the blues brothers, but you'll be happy to know next week. We are focusing on a great actor 
we are going to be reviewing Ace Ventura Pet Detective. And to honor Jim Carrey, we are going to do a movie draft of his movies. Yes. So get ready to vote for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I think it'll just be the two of us this time, because lately we've had guests on the last few movies. Gaston from Beauty and the Beast? We've had a lot of guests (laughs) on our show during our last few movie drafts, so this should be interesting that it's just the two of us. But Mm. yeah, movie drafts of Jim Carrey movies, and um, yeah, we're going to review Ace from my collection, see if it still holds up. And I've decided, because every time we do a movie from my collection, I always make a decision if I'm going to keep it on my shelf or not. So from now on... I have to score a movie four or five to keep it in my collection. Wow. That is how good I want my collection to be. So any movie prior to this, if I've scored it lower than four, it's going in the bin. You know what I realized? I have one week to think of the most annoying movie draft for you because I won the superhero movie one. That's right. You were actually supposed to announce what you were going to do, but we'll do it. When we do the draft. I already know. I just want to save it for next week. Okay. Until I think about it. Yes. So Sean won the superhero movie draft. We had the... Was anybody surprised they won that one Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Proud movie draft number four went to Sean. So he's definitely going to pick the next one. But I had won the one previously. So we're doing Jim Carrey. So. Oh, actually, no. You can't pick the next one. Because the next one is for Halloween. Mm. It's already chosen. You You can do the draft after that. After that one. I don't want to play anymore. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to our episode this week. We had a lot of fun um, watching the movie and we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, Remember to rate and subscribe to our show. Uh, Give us that five-star review and um, five-star rating and a review on uh, iTunes. It helps everyone see the show. And um, if you really love us, we also have a Patreon that people can pledge and join the MG community. And uh, just remember that your pledge goes directly to the show, and I have tons of ideas of what I want to do with the show. So with that help, just gives us that motivation and that help to put all of that stuff together. And uh, you can look us up on patreon.com slash mgppodcast. And uh, yeah, I think that does it. Say goodbye, Sean. Goodbye, Sean.